going on, guys? And welcome to the Benches Clear podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all of sports. I am Jesse Gutierrez, and I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants, winning even 3-3 three and three last week. Uh, that's not if you're including tonight, which they're going to win tonight. They're beating the Rockies, so I'm going to go 4-3. and three. Confidence is the key. I'm Tyler Cohen. I represent the side of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won a cool 5-1 and one last week. And if we include tonight, we're up 6-2 in the 7th. I'm going to call it a 6-1. and one. I'm calling number one seed in the playoffs, eighth straight division title, calling it. The champagne is about to pop, my friends. Yeah, eat Except up the champagne. No while, while, this year. There it's going to be out. They're, they're going to have it. Eat it up while you can because you're only going to win maybe one maybe two rounds, and then you're going to be crying again how they choke. Is this, is this so, going to be your, your uh, little plug for the, we're coming. This is the one oh, we're time coming. this year you oh, can we're coming. see that. We but, are uh, definitely coming. We are like mid-come. I doubt it. Anyways, we're going to break down last week really quick. Um, Giants dominated Seattle. Um, absolute crazy offense. The offense that we know in 2020. Uh, and then – Nothing looking nothing less than awful in Oakland. Um, couldn't get anything done until the last game, man. Uh, but picked it up in the last game, ended up scoring like 14. It just sucks because this offense is starting to dip and it's making me get flashbacks. And it's the series is starting to bleed into the Rocky series, losing the first game. Didn't seem like they can get anything going. Um, but looking at the positives, big dick. Uh, was a triple short of the cycle, first day back from being a father. As we're talking about positives, Gosman and Smiley looking great. Um, Anderson, uh, after his brush-up with the umpires, had a good start. Cueto looks a little bit uh, – I'm a little concerned with Cueto right now, honestly. Um, it's also kind of his first start back from um, – first year back from Tommy John, technically. I mean, he only had two starts last year, something like that. So a little concerning, but hey, what can you do? Got to take three or four. Let's go. Last week sucked. Kind of. Great we have a over 500 record man. this week, so let's go. Yeah. Stud and dud of the week. Uh, we're going stud. B-Craw for the Giants' side. Six for eight, three, three walks, two bombs, one grandy. Grandy slam looking. It. He was expected to be really shitty, and his off. I mean, his uh, his defense is back to being really good. Um, obviously, probably not as good technically as it was before Gold Glove wise, but he's still a plus defender out there. Um, so, got to give it up for the week he's having with the bat. One of the best offensive years he's ever had. I know it's a shortened season, but I don't give a fuck. He's also like 34, so that's going against him. Uh, and to talk about the dud of this week, I'm just going to do the entire Giants defense because what the fuck, bro? I mean, we had John Boy even did a, a video. Yeah, three missed fly balls in a row. And I don't really want to pick on Dubon too much because his defensive metrics are great. He's looked really good in center field, but that was a pretty bad misplay. And, uh, yeah, no excuse for that. Darren Ruff, um, he's just a bat, and Dickerson was out. Estremski's out, so, like, they had to put him out there. I get it. But Donovan Solano, bro, come on on you're killing me with this shit i don't understand why we don't put flores out there instead of him and let solano dh doesn't make sense to me i can't imagine flores being you know worse out there and he tighten it up if they want to fully come at the right time 
Yeah, well, like I said, we're coming. Yeah, we are coming. I fucking, I fucking doubt it. Um, for the Dodgers, like I said, 5-1 and one last week. When we were recording the podcast last week, I was pretty worried. Uh, we had lost the game. They had a care of the world. To the Padres the, the day before, and it looked like the, the world was kind of collapsing in on us. We took the last two of the series. We took the first three out of four from Colorado. And I believe I haven't looked it over, but I know if we win tonight, we clinch the division, which who gives a shit. But I also think we lock up the number one seed, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more important. And then we got to win a couple more yeah, games get, to lock up a, home you, field advantage throughout the world. You got to get the series. last outs, last at bats. That's, yeah. that's huge no matter what. So not as big of an advantage, but it's still an advantage, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's the only advantage out, anyone's going to get this postseason. Yeah. And it so, turns out, Tyler, you just need to single somebody out and talk shit about them because two podcasts in a row, whoever you talk shit about, technically did their job. I know Jansen wasn't a, a great closer and didn't wasn't shut down, but he still did his job. So you want to you if you're if you're planning on betting, listen to whoever Tyler talks shit about. Put whatever type of money you got to put on and the fantasy drafts on that person because they're going to be great. Well, I just think that speaks to how many players actually listen to our podcast. And value my opinion. <laughs> That's and true. Clearly, there's a few. Um, yes. Speaking of which, because Jansen was 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 mid mid close, and he was like, Tyler said, "What? Fuck that dude, guy." He he probably puts on the podcast while he's working out. That's scientific. Him, that's scientific evidence extra right reps because he's so pissed. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've called out Cody Mellinger for being the dud of the week recently, which brings us to stud and dud of this week. Stud and dud of the week. And I'm going, you know, Mookie Betts is the best player on the team. He had the best yeah, week, definitely. but I'm going to give the stud to Cody Bellinger because over his last seven games, he's really? batting 320. He's the bats finally waking up. So I'm giving it to Cody. And if we're going dud of the week, I'm giving it to Max Muncy, probably yes. for the multiple time or the third time this year because he. He's just not there this season. Although he did hit a home run tonight, which is nice, but he's batting in his last seven games. He's batting under a buck ninety. He's batting under a buck ninety for the season. I mean, it's just not. He's not pulling his weight. Yeah. So he needs to pick it up for the playoffs. But once he does, I mean, we're really firing on all cylinders, and hopefully, can uh, get that elusive World Series championship. Getting ready to get knocked out in either the second or third round. Which one is it going to be? I don't think they're going to get knocked out first round because they were knocked out first round last year. I think that's too much. But it's just not going to happen. Everything's, really too, everything's think... too perfect for them to win. No, it's just I not really... going to happen. No, it's not perfect. If anything, this is perfect. the here to win a World Series. Okay, <laughs> It was a shortened season, so you're going to have assholes to be like, oh, it doesn't count. But also, yeah, am I going to enjoy it? Absolutely. Am I going to cry like a little baby bitch? Absolutely. <laughs> what have I preferred to be to see it with fans in the stadium and actually yeah. go potentially, of course, but yeah, definitely. Sure I'll take whatever I can get. And that that's understandable. But at the same time, everyone's had the same chance. You know what I mean? So yeah. to, to, if anyone says this is not a real world series, it's like, well, what advantage did they have? They didn't have an advantage. So it's a real world series because everyone competed. Yeah. You know, if you look at in the grand scheme of things of, is it equal to a world like it's the 2020 world series whoever wins it wins it 
That's the yeah, end of the day. Absolutely. And that transitions us to our fuck you of the week. It's going to go to these sensitive baby back bitch MLB umpires who are struggling to keep their job because everyone wants to replace them with uh, uh, robot umps. I don't. I, I like the human element of the game. I, I, I like umpires. But the thing is, they need to stop being so soft. Josh Donaldson, yeah, he should have been kicked out for kicking dirt on the plate. I get it. That was that the was over. Awesome. They w- but the thing is, the leading up to it, they're getting mad at Josh Donaldson for asking if the strike was on the swing or the, the pit or on the pitch yeah, when the no. pitch is four, a foot outside the zone. Like, come on, dude. You you need you need to know those things in the game. So that and then the Tyler Anderson thing. Oh my gosh, dude. That was he just, ridiculous. He, he yells at the umpire once, I get it. He goes, Hey, stop it. Turns around, goes to the mound, says something, and not even louder. There's no fans there, so you can hear everything. Not loud enough for you to even hear. And he gets tossed right then in the third inning of the game. It's it's ridiculous. And I think that's just going to give a really compelling argument why there should be robot umps. And I don't want that. But MLB umpires, you guys make millennials look like they have tough skin. I don't like saying that because I'm a millennial with tough skin, I feel like. But I – I don't know. They're just sensitive and soft, and I hate it. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, dude, the Josh Donaldson thing, I've never seen great. anything like that. That was, that was great. Yeah. So, and the best. And part- at first, I, I thought I was mad, but I was like, dude, he deserved to get kicked out for that. Oh, of but. course. You, I mean, you can't show up an umpire like that. That's, that's yeah. too much. But, I mean, at the same rate, if we do get robo-umps, there's still going to be umpires on the field. They're just not going to yeah. be calling balls and strikes. So it's still going to be have that human element of shit talking, you know, and potentially getting tossed. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm anti-robot ump, but I'm also – someone needs to sit these umpires down. They need to have accountability. Someone needs to sit them down and be like, hey, stop being so quick on the fucking trigger. Stop being such a bitch. Everything's okay. So for the Dodgers this coming week, we got a three-game series with the Athletics. Then we got a three-game homestand with the Angels to close out the season. Really, I mean, it's just playing for the playoffs at this point. Want to keep the momentum going. It looks like we're going to lock up the number one seed in the National League. We still got to win a few more games to uh, make sure we have number one throughout the World Series over the Rays. Um, But, yeah, the biggest thing is just want to continue this momentum, keep playing well. I mean, this is also a good test. The A's are one of the best teams in the American League, and we're handling yeah. them pretty well right now. So everything's uh, looking just fine over here. Now, you guys are coasting. It's, it's going to be a little bit more rough for us. It sure is. <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about how rough it is, but first we're going to get some pauses and have some good times on the Cove with our – with our good friend. All right, now to welcome into the Benches Clear podcast, probably, I'd say easily, the most famous Giants fan, especially in the Oracle AT&T Park era, right next to the dog, McCovey Cove Dave. What's going on, my guy? Hey, good to be here, Jesse. Good to be here. Yeah, we're really happy to, uh, to have you, man. And um, I know you're usually on the Cove, and we, we got you on the right time where like, pretty much like the only time you're not on the Cove. 500-plus games, it's – that's nutty. That's crazy. I mean, like, as far as, like, watching from, like, TV to the Cove, it, like, what's, what's the difference there? Well, you know, um, I'm a big radio guy. I'm, a, I'm an older generation than you guys. I grew up with the radio. So because I'm so comfortable listening to the radio mm. and 
we have great broadcasters on both radio and TV. Yeah. I'm really happy. I'm listening to a headset. I'm listening to it live. And um, I'm enjoying the game that we all love. And, and uh, <laughs> my imagination tells me what's happening. I can tell in their voices, you know, how far that home run is hit by their inflections, you yeah. know? And when mm -hmm. I hear them get excited, like hit deep to right, oh my God, I am like, I have major wood. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So that, that broadcast isn't, there isn't that much of a delay. It's pretty so happening it's in really, real time. It's really real time. This year, they uh, have multiple radio broadcasts. Some of them are delayed 10 seconds. So I, I know the station that is real time, but there's some that are delayed up to seven to 10 seconds this year. And so we all know that a home run takes about five seconds to reach from the bat to where it lands. So the people that are listening to the wrong broadcast, that home run has already hit the water. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're behind. They don't stand a chance. No. And so I, I've been a little bit mean because I have not always shared with these people. I, I feel if they're only at one time, I let them suffer a little. If I see no, that. Yeah, don't. That's a no, we, we don't play that here. Right yeah, Listen, you, you don't, don't take anything easy. I don't care if the kid is five. You, you do what you got. Like, for instance, if it's like a, a, a player throwing a ball or maybe in a foul yeah. ball, like, yeah, I give it to a kid. But if it's a home yeah. run ball, yeah. I'll punch a kid in the face, dude. I don't even care. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that, I've, I've been going to bleachers my entire life, and I've never got a home run ball. So, Loser. yeah, I don't care what's stopping me. <clears throat> never. I so, um, one day, bro. Yeah. Well, uh, Dave, I, the most important question when I think about me going on to the Cove, Right. The one thing that pops into my mind is I'm going to have an Aroldis Chapman moment and nature's going to call and like, what the heck am I going to do? Do I just shit in the kayak? What <laughs> have you ever had any of those moments or had that fear? Yeah. So there's different things. There's two types of kayaks. There's kayaks where you're kind of you, you just see your waist and you're kind of hidden. And mm. those guys, they pee in a bottle. They bring a bottle or or some kind of thing. They pee in the bottle. I have a kayak that is where I'm fully exposed. I, my legs, my groin, it's all showing. And so <laughs> I basically reduce my liquids. I reduce my liquids, but it's very hard because I may go to batting practice and the game. It might be, I might be out there for seven hours yeah. without, wow. without a number one. So I have to be careful. I have a one. You got to be careful what you, what you eat on the way to the game too, then. Yes. Like no, there's no be Taco Bell before the game. No, no. So I basically, I don't know, camel it or whatever you want to call it, but I, I've never peed in my wetsuit one time in all those 500 plus games. And, um, but I made it just barely back to shore. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, but, that's gotta be more an impressive stat than any of the home runs you have. Yes. Honestly, that you have not had like, come on. No. Like that's, that that's impressive. No, um, that, it, it is. It truly is. I am surprised. <laughs> time, time in a few years is going to be a little harder. When you get older, yeah, like I am now, yeah. you, you, you can't camel it as much. Yeah. I mean, if it's one, man, maybe I'll go with some PP pants, but I don't think I can uh, can handle the two. Um, is there an <laughs> etiquette out there? Like, is it like, hey, all, or is it kind of like, no matter what, nothing stops until someone has the ball? Or is it kind of like, oh, someone's in the vicinity, someone has like rights to spots or what? No, there's no, so it's pretty much until someone controls the ball with their hand, it's anything, Ooh. anything possible. So, so if it's bobbling, you could just, Oh yeah. So it. I Ooh. basically will attack people now. Like <laughs> I'm not going to hit someone at a 90 degree angle and like knock them off. I have a little bit of reputation, but 
if if I'm chasing someone, I'm gaining ground. My kayak is the fastest. Mm -hmm. I will I will ram my kayak into their kayak, and uh -huh. and they may you know go back and forth, but they end up missing the ball because they try to use their hands to balance themselves. But sometimes when I'm leaning over for a ball, I'm vulnerable, and a, a kayaks have come in and hit me in the. Uh, ribs and one time broke a rib it was sore oh no Jeez. another one of my buddy who has some fake teeth here uh he got hit so hard with a paddle that his teeth bridge got knocked out and it went in the drink he lost the lost him so you know it's all kind of inadvertent catch stuff. that moment it, it it's kind of inadvertent but um i basically give a hundred percent for those 10 seconds of fight and and I will, people know that I'm coming. If they're ahead of me, they know <laughs> I'm coming. And if you're and, in the Cove, you know, McCovey Cove, Dave. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously you, you've seen the broadcast and, and if Dwayne Kuyper and my crew co know who you are, you're doing something right. And I, I think you're, you're, you're like the, uh, what would they say? Like in Hawaii, like you're, you're like the top guy, like the locals only, that would be you. Yeah. So we, we don't have like our own areas that we own. A lot of the people that come in newer are kind of respectful that they, okay. if they'll see me, they don't want to get too close to me. It actually is a disadvantage for them to be too close to me because mm -hmm. I'm an expert paddle. I race kayaks growing up. Oh, I can, wow. I can do everything with it. I have, even though I'm in my sixties, I'm the fastest kayaker by far. And it's I'm the best partly, there is partly because I have the fastest kayak. And so mm -hmm. that really helps. And I can back paddle going backwards as fast as most guys can go forward. So I have, I have some skills I built up over time. That, that's oh, so yeah. bizarre to me because like when I go to games <clears throat> at Dodger Stadium for like batting practice and stuff, mm -hmm. I usually sit in like section 305 and you can see like Moneyball Steve's out there in yes. like 309. And you see people kind of crowd him. And in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why would you want to be close to him? That's the whole reason I'm two sections over. So I don't yes. have to fight him or any of <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the ball hawks that are there all the time. Like it gives me a better advantage. I don't get why people would want to be close to someone who's catching all the balls. So I think he's thing, a magnet maybe. One thing that's different about McCovey Cove is like when you're at a stadium, most people stay in a certain area. They have their seat. At McCovey Cove, there's about 120 feet of prime territory. So in fact, at any time you can move and you can go to the far end of that 120 foot area towards center, or mm -hmm. you can go to the foul line. And so on each one of the players, I look at every home run they've hit for five years. I draw a scattered ram and I slowly try to be low key, but I go to where I think the ball most likely will land. Right. And um, if it's a real key hitter, I'll try to go there as soon as I can to take position because usually people will give me some room if I'm already there, but I have mm -hmm. to do it very low key, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. People are going to want, want, they feel like you're there for a reason. I know like in my head, if like, if I was doing it, I would think the same thing. I would be like, I, I feel like he, like, especially if you're He's changing positions. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to scoot over a little bit too. Maybe I'll just go like a little further yes. or, you know, try to, and try that's to actually, that, that is a good strategy. If they can get just far enough away from me where they own their territory, um, yeah, you and have you're to just stay the balls ahead over there. You have to stay alert, and then there's little tricks of the trade that when a ball's hit, at a normal year you have people on the top of the 
arcade wall of the stadium. It may be there's a ball hawk up there. Tyler's up there. Guess what? He is going to try to run towards where the ball's exiting. And mm. so if I see a one or two key ball hawks running a certain direction and that's not where I am, I start paddling before you mm. see the home run. And okay. so I might be going seven miles an hour in my kayak now, and then everybody sees it. But the guys that are stationary, <clears throat> the hardest part is the first few strokes. And so I have the advantage if I'm up to speed, you know? Yeah. Man, if we, I, if, if we go up there next season, this is going to be so, so hard. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be lear- It's going to be trying to remember how to kayak. Because I've kayaked before, like, a little bit. Ten years you ago. Know? Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, it's going to be that. And then trying to scale a ball. Yeah, that, that's going to be the crazy. Hard, one of the uh, hard parts is if you have to go backwards – People are used to going forwards, but when you got to go backwards and you haven't done it much, <laughs> you can easily panic. And so yeah. I try to it's hurt over advantage. probably. Yes, but it's all fun. It's all fun. Yeah. There's, there's good camaraderie out there. Um, all the ball Hawks, we're all talking to each other, but we know who our competitors are and we know what skills they have. Some people have kayaks that are more maneuverable that can turn quickly my yeah. kayak is okay on maneuverability. It's really fast on a straight line. So okay, built for speed, not of, for comfort. Yes, <laughs> and mine's not mine's not comfortable because to make it fast, you've got to make the kayak narrow, which means it's more tippy. So if you are beginning, no beginner would love. Actually, very almost no one would love the kayak I'm in because it's like a log rolling. Egg. It, it it it's like it's a jet plane, but it is very tipsy. Mm, definitely um yeah we're we're, you're gonna have to give us a lot of lowdowns on what kayaks we should get and all that kind of stuff when you when you get a ball you you've like exchanged with players before right that wanted it back i almost i almost meet with every player that hits me home run like all the giants home runs i ever have are all signed by players except for the last three that have happened recently but um the players know me like say panda uh, Pablo Sandoval, who actually the Giants just released. I have eight of his home runs. I've met him many times, many, many times. And I, certain uh, players, because of social media, I mm-hmm. talked like uh, Hunter Pence, who also kind of like Pan has just been dropped off. I've known him for a long time. And so, you know, I could message him. He directly follows me on Instagram. You know, he'll actually look at some of my Subtle photos. Drop. I, so I've gotten to know the players and, um, they recognize me, the key ones, like Brandon Belt. That's great. What's, what's like the coolest thing you've got? Because you guys like – do you have to give one back in so, exchange? What's so the coolest thing you've got? The thing is everybody's different, but I want my balls. I really, really want my balls. So when, mm-hmm. I got, uh, when I got the 300th home run by Carlos Beltran – Let's see if you can see this here. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. He hit his 300th home run as a giant in, in 2011. And I actually caught his 298th as well. But I did give it back to him as a milestone. Um, mm. But like the Yastrzemski home run, maybe I'm an a-hole. But I, I did not give him this walk-off home run. It's the only walk-off home run I've ever gotten. And mm. – my son and wife are not so keen about the splashes, not as much as I am. So like when I get buried, I would like to have this in one hand and maybe my a second, but maybe it'll be the Muncie home run in the other hand. And, and so I want to take them with me. So 
you know, I kind of feel like it's our souvenirs for spending a lot of time at games. But yeah. if I got a home run that's a first home run from a player, I'm going to give it back to him. Um, mm. And uh, but like this, if even if Yastrzemski offered me five thousand dollars. I wouldn't give it to him. I would, it's not, <laughs> it's, I, I, would, I, I would turn down 10,000. I think I, it's really not my time. I've spent so much trying to get these balls and um, I use them as props when I tell stories. And so I have each one of these home runs and they're signed by the player. And mm -hmm. I, what I find is most of the time, the players don't really want the ball. Um, unless it's a first home run or a really big, like a 300 type of home run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause that's, that's cool. So you've gotten in return for those though. So, you know, my buddies basically sold a lot of their balls, you know, uh, Barry Bonds balls up to 10, $20,000 oh, wow. a ball, but I, I'm not doing it for money because I, it does, but I've, like on the Beltron one, I gave I gave him the ball and he signed another ball and gave me a bat. But I'm not real. I'm not really into the into the bat and stuff. What I'm most interested with the player is actually to do a photo with them, shoulder to shoulder. And so mm -hmm. that's what I try to do now. Like when I get a home run with a panda, I've taken a, a picture of the sign ball with us shoulder to shoulder or doing something kind of fun, and then. Mm -hmm. I'm collecting those for my man cave. And so I really appreciate like the photos, you know, mm -hmm. definitely. Have you, ever, have you ever caught anyone's first career home run? I, I haven't caught a first career surprise. I've gotten 53 home runs, but not, not a first career. Um, um, I've not caught a first career. I've not even caught a grand slam. If you think of 53 home runs and not mm, one wow. grand slam, yeah, but I think there's about one grand slam every 50 home runs. So I guess I'm due. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Next, maybe, certain, maybe by the end of this season, who knows? Yeah. Certain times, like I look at all these milestones, like back in 2013, I checked with the giants and they'd hit 950 home runs at AT&T park. Now Oracle park. And so the next year I started counting them down, 951, 952, 953. And finally it got to 999. I had about a one in, I have about a one in 20 chance of getting a home run every game I go to. If one's hit, I have a one in 20 because 9% of the balls that are hit in the park bounce into the water. And then mm -hmm. when I'm there, I get 70% of the home runs that make it to the cove. So seven, <laughs> <laughs> times nine i have i have a six percent chance well anyhow brandon belt he hit the 1000th home run and i got it it was splashed at 68 so i'd actually been following that stat for for you know nine yeah. months nine uh -huh. months and like for instance brandon belt is very close to his 1000th career hit he he was five away going into tonight's game later this week he's probably going to be close or hitting that 1000 hit yeah i'll be thinking that when that'll make me paddle that much faster <laughs> yeah exactly you might you might be able to get that milestone that's crazy yes um well, is there any stories on the cove that like are like maybe like your favorite story something funny that's happened that has nothing to do with home runs oh my gosh there's just so many great stories in mccovey cove um god what would be the best story we've had we've had 
I'll mention a few things. I mean, we've had one time we had a dog get a splash hit. It was pretty cool. So okay, I'm the historian for McCovey Coast. So I keep track of everything unusual. One dog almost caught two home runs. He he got a um, early Giants home run from a guy named Philippe Crespo, and he almost got a Barry Bonds and a, a kayak friend cut off that dog at the last second to keep keep the dog from getting a second home run. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was pre- that was pretty exciting. Um, the um, there's a lot of craziness that happens in McCovey Cove. While I'm kind of seriously doing a ball hawk thing, other people, it's a party situation, drinking, everything you could imagine, wild things. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> um, I mean, some people are just totally there. They have drank, they drank all day long there and they don't even know what's going on at the game. And I'm waiting someday for someone to get hit. Actually, one guy got hit <laughs> about a month ago, but it hit him in the That'd arm. But someone might get hit in the head someday. But um, yeah, that'd be oh, kind gosh. of like it's it's funny to roof because I'm like that would be really funny, but at the same time, that would hurt. Oh, that, oh yeah, that, that, might, to, that might break some. It happened to me last season. Well, not in the head, but during BP, some guy he he went to get one and kind of cut me off, so he's blocking my view and just completely missed it. And the ball just hit me square in the knee and didn't even hit this guy's glove. And I was like, ow, like that kind of hurt. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the next time the ball was coming, you know, etiquette went out the window and I put my glove over his shoulder, which I would never typically do. And he got pissed off and like, you know, was like, kind of wanted to fight or whatever. And I was like, well, if you no would have caught the one before, then I wouldn't have done that. But you can't catch the ball. So etiquette kind of goes yeah. out the window. <laughs> one, one, one of my proud moments was we had a thunderstorm, which is rare for San Francisco, and lightning bolts were coming down, and they, they delayed the game for two and a half hours. And all my competitive friends, they all went home because the lightning was scary. When we're out in the cove, you're worried you're going to get zapped. Yeah, I would have gone home too. <laughs> and so I went to my car, and I actually slept for like an hour and a half. And then I came out when they restarted the game at 10.45, and they'd only – stopped the game in the first inning so it had eight innings to play and so at 10 45 they restarted the game the game went to 2 10 a.m and by the end of the game there were only a couple hundred people inside the park and i was still in mccovey cove and that night a splash hit was hit by denard span out there and the broadcaster said oh no Mm -hmm. one's gonna get it and i had a long paddle and then all of a sudden, I came right on the TV screen and grabbed the ball. And Krupp uh, <laughs> and Kaib said, oh, he's manning his post. And I, and I was. And I stayed <laughs> at 145. I saw someone waving to me at the top of the wall. And it turned out to be the ESPN reporter. And, and they said, McCovey Cove Dave, you know, uh, manning his spot at 145 a.m. All and things I, are right was, in the world. It yeah. was a good long. It was a good fun thing. And. I think the, the fact that I got a splash hit, they gave me the energy to stay awake to past 2 a.m. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. That, that'll <laughs> set a fire in you. Um, to, talk, to talk a little bit about this season, I mean, technically we're a game under 500 and we're winning right now, one to two. Um, and I, I like to, we're actually undefeated when we're recording podcasts, by the way. So we're just going to pretend the game's over. Okay. Giants won. <laughs> They're at 500. You just got to have confidence. Yeah. Was that, what were you expecting this year? Were you expecting like them to be a mid-tier team like they are, or are you, were you yeah. expecting kind of a dumpster fire? So I, 
I actually believe in Farhan and, you know, the Giants had the worst record in baseball in 2017 tied with the Detroit Tigers. But last year was a significant upbeat. I don't know if we ended up 10 games or 12 games, whatever it was below 500. But you already saw that Farhan was improving our farm system dramatically. And he was finding players for almost nothing. Yastrzemski, Dickerson, they would pay, would pay nothing for those guys. Lottery the, tickets. Lottery tickets. And they turn out to be guys that are, are productive players on our team. Oh, yeah. And so I actually, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said 500. I would have said in mm. progress over this year. But we still, when you look at somebody like the Dodgers, and all their guys seem like they're all-star players or the capability of We don't have those, the, that pedigree and names. But um, I think if the Giants end up at 500 this year and they're, they're going to be around 500, that is going to be a feather in the cap of Farhan as far as improvement. And I do believe in a couple years, as these farm system guys that we've got in there, a Hunter Bishop, et cetera, come on, um, they're going to take the Giants to be a 500-plus team. Um, but we have a long yeah. way to go against the Dodgers. I mean, look at the Dodgers. Were they like 700 this year? And is it <laughs> sure seven are. or eight years that they've we won the division? We don't have to talk about that, Dave. I know. <clears throat> if we win tonight, it'll be the eighth division title, which at this point, I don't care. Just win a World Series. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to yeah. talk about division titles. Yeah. I, I, I'm on the same boat with you. I said, I mean, we had predictions before the season, of course, and mine was that we're going to compete for the wild card. I, I didn't want to go out and say that we were going to get it. Uh, yeah. And this was before the expansion was even um, announced, which technically, if the expansion wasn't going on, there the second uh, wild card team is like a game under, would have been like, I think it's the uh, the Cardinals, and they're like one game over yeah. 500. So it's like, we're it's still a, there. You know what I'm there. saying? So like, technically... I was right. So I'm, I'm yeah. more of like an optimist. I'm, I'm yes. like, I really like, I just, because I really want to see a winning team and I want them to just be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I think this team can do it. Um, I, I think Farhan is, has, has done a, um, a great job of adding depth and adding guys. I think he, he, he has those guys that are the, his specialty of, you know, um, like, the Max Muncy's and the Chris Taylor's. Now we have the Ustremsky's and Alex Dickerson's and Marisa Dubon, that sort of thing. We're just missing our star players. I feel yeah. like we have the depth right now, but we have to get like either Bart has to be the guy that's, you know, supposed to be promised, which it's, it's really early. You can't judge him, you know, too much what, what he's done right now. You know, the, uh, the Marco Luciano's and maybe even seeing how good the farm system is. Maybe we can get a free agent, you know, who, who knows? But I, I feel like we're a lot closer than, than people gave us credit for how True. they said that we're not going to be yeah. a good team or, or a postseason team for at least three or four years. I've not been on that bandwagon. I understand it's a possibility, but I've not been on that bandwagon. Um, if you had to put money, like, right, if, 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 if you had to make a bet that the Giants were uh, going to make the postseason this year, how much would you put down on it? Um, I think um... – I think right now it's kind of 50-50. It's 50-50, honestly, because I believe the they have seven more games. They, I believe they need to win four games. If they win four games, yep. they get it. But I think it, it's 50-50. It could go either way. If you're counting tonight as an automatic win in the books, you have to okay. say four more. I think they um, need to win three versus Colorado and then hopefully do a split with uh, the Padres. Yeah. So, so you guys I, are kind of in a, like a weird position where you have Cincinnati and Milwaukee – 
playing each other right now, which is what you don't want. Exactly. So you but want then, them to stay, yeah. Yeah, but then I, I don't think, know if you saw Philly lost a doubleheader today. Yes. So oh, yeah. I've, I've, helped you guys. Yes. I actually watched those games when I got off of work. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I um, think if the Giants end up one game above 500, that they will grab a wild card. I think if they end up at 500 for the year, then they're going to need a lot of – they'll need some luck. But one game yeah. ahead of 500, mm-hmm. I think they're going to grab us. And wouldn't it be nice if, if they were eighth and the Dodgers won? They had uh, a yeah. nope, absolutely not. Rivalry? I would absolutely love it because – I like agree to saying, God that that doesn't happen. If they lose, <laughs> okay, it's great that they were there. You know what I mean? The Dodgers lose, like, dude, you can't even show your face. I need Like, the take Phillies, next season off. I need the Phillies to get that eighth spot. The Phillies are the most <laughs> – are the team I feel most comfortable playing. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man, and, and, and giving us your time. We do uh, what we like to call slow pitch questions because they're not exactly rapid fire because we're going to check you if you come out of pocket. Okay, you ready? You bet. <laughs> awesome. So, favorite high school jam? Oh, my music? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Was oh, that, yeah. That not- so, so, I'm, I'm, I, am a, I am an oldie, so I'm – I'm Chicago. I'm Chicago. I'm basically mm-hmm. class of 1974. So okay, Chicago. Like the, a specific song, like your 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 like in your uh, what was that like 10th, 11th grade uh, McCovey Cove Dave, in his uh, what? I'm not trying to be disrespectful now. Yes, was that, yes. you got a Walkman back then. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't even we had no Walkmans back then. So basically, back in in the 70s. You had to listen to the radio, and the radio stations were geared toward playing like top forty. So, mm-hmm. like, every what, what would what would get you jazz when that song came on? You're like, okay, this is my stuff right here. Yeah. So I also liked Cool in the Gang. I'm basically from mm. um, an area, so I like I like good dance music. So Cool in the Gang group that all their dance songs are what I really liked. I'm not. I am. I'm really an East Bay, Oakland boy. I'm okay. from Oakland here, so. I am not. I am not pedigree and wine over at the Giants game. I am. Okay. <laughs> I am. I am boogeyman Dave. You got here and, some soul. Okay. Yeah. So I. I actually. Anthony Dave. I like the Detroit groups more. I, I said Chicago, but I really. I like good dance music. Really, from a lot of the Detroit names of the seventies. Awesome. Uh, what's your go-to dessert? Oh my gosh! It it's. Um, it's basically it's almond ice cream with almonds inside it, and uh, there's one ice cream place in Oakland called Fenton's, and they make a phenomenal toasted almond ice cream. So, during when I'm in McCovey Cove, I always bring a couple hundred dried almonds, and so I'm always eating almonds day and night. Okay, but I, I like good. sweet almonds for dessert. Uh, awesome. Toasted almond ice cream. Favorite go-to place to eat out. Um, boy, this year has been a lot harder because we, we haven't been able to go out to places yeah. in the before times. Yes. So in the old days. yes, I like to try <laughs> lots of different places and, um, um, my absolute favorite, my favorite, actually, I'm really probably more of a baseball food guy. So I, mm, uh, city stadium food, right? So like, when I'm at the Giants on the Giants game, I'm basically eating their crab sandwich. So mm-hmm, that yeah. at McCovey Cove, we have no food options, but occasionally I get people to bring food out to me. And so uh, when I get a crab sandwich, I've scored. 
<laughs> okay, well, hey, next time I go to a game, I'll make sure to, to text you, and I'll, I'll bring you some food. Uh, if awesome. you could, if you could, if you can have your own splash hit, who would you want it to be off of? Gosh, I would love to hit one off Kershaw. That would be mm. if I could do it. Yeah, I was in a home run derby about ten years ago, and fans like me got to hit balls in the park. I unfortunately didn't hit a home run in the eight pitches I had, but I hit a few into the outfield, which I felt pretty good about. <laughs> and um, in real life, I have caught home runs that have been pitched by guys that have five different pitchers that have done new hitters. Like I, I caught a home run that new uh, Verlander uh, pitched and he mm -hmm. pitched it to Matt Olson of the A's and I caught in the air in bright sun. So I've had the thrill of catching or grabbing uh, off big no, no name or big name pitchers. But if Verland Verlander would be one, Kershaw, those type of guys. So if you, as a, as a ball, as a ball hawk, if you could catch any home run on the fly from any player in major league baseball, who would it be? Oh gosh. And I, I've come, it, it would be one of the big name guys. I almost caught a trout home run last year and that would have been an epic one. It ended up going over my head a little bit and, and then it bounced back over my head to someone else. But <laughs> I, that would be a, a very special one. I like players that have put in their dues. So uh, guys like Pujols that are probably old mm -hmm. guys to you guys, the fact that he has 661 uh, home yeah, runs, it would be special to me. Um, but I, when I go over to Oakland A's games, I'm looking at, at some of these players that are after different milestones and uh, it excites me to try to catch them. And uh, most of the time, it doesn't work out. Yeah. But uh, like I, <laughs> I, I caught an Altuve home run, which was special to me. He's not having a great year this year. But I came to an Astro game, and I was trying to get it. And that ball came right to me, and I caught it at an A's game. And uh, it was pretty exciting. That's awesome. All right. And lastly, we'll go with what would be your walk-up song? Oh my gosh. So that, that is a really kind of a, um, there's a song called happy boy and that would be it because I'm a pretty happy guy. And that song gets me <laughs> up. So when I go to giants games, I play this happy boy song and that would be my song. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, we're, we're definitely gonna have to go out there. Like I said, crab sandwich on me. Next time I go to a game, I'll make sure to drop one off to you. And uh, if you come out to L.A. next time, man, come down. We'll, uh, I'm not sure if you drink, but I'll, I'll buy you a beer or a hot dog, whatever, and we'll, I love uh, it. we'll I, hang I out. Look, I look forward to it. I look forward. We'll do it, and uh, so we'll, we'll stay in contact. Hopefully next year we're going to be inside parks and having fun. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Sure. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Thank you, Tyler. Man. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This episode has been brought to you by Renovation Candle Company where all Benches Cleared podcast listeners can receive 20% off their entire order. And they use promo code BENCHES at checkout. Yeah. The only thing illegal here is you guys not taking the opportunity to save 20% on your candles. So, yeah. Buy some fucking candles, please. So I can eat. Yes, that's it. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Make sure to be following us on Twitter, Benches Therapy, and on Instagram, Benches Cleared Podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Fuck Aubrey Huff.